Hi, this is uh, Terrible School, and you're listening.
I'm Kelsey Styles, and you're listening to Cool World on BFF.fm. It's a new show on the station with loud and soft tunes and a special guest every week. Uh, today's episode is really awesome and also kind of sad. <laughs> uh, one of my best friends and roommates is leaving this very week to go become a graduate research assistant at the University of Minnesota at Duluth. Yeah, uh, she's going to be a limnologist. Lim, limnologist, she just corrected me. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about her experience as a woman of color in the STEM field, a little bit about growing up in the uh, judicial childcare system, and also about film scores, because she's really into those. So stay tuned to hear more with Marissa, and now we're going back to some music. Thank you. 
you're listening to bff.fm and this is cool world a cool show where we play law <laughs> soft and loud music uh, and have a guest every week that i kelsey styles get an interview and today i get to interview marissa castro uh, she's a graduate research assistant at the University of Minnesota in Duluth, and she's studying to become a limnologist, which is basically water conservation, if you're not familiar. And yeah, we're going to talk about what it's like for her to be a woman of color in STEM and a bunch of other things. So stay tuned to Cool World on BFF.FM. I'm sweating for you now
You're listening to Cool World on BFF.fm. I'm Kelsey Styles, and later on this episode, I have roommate, friend, a person that is leaving very soon. I'm super sad about it. Uh, Marissa Castro. She is a research graduate, research assistant at the University of Minnesota in Duluth, and she's studying to become a limnologist. Basically, water conservation, preservation, all that stuff. And uh, later on, we're going to talk about her um, growing up in the judiciary childcare system and also just being a woman of color and STEM because that shit is really hard. So keep listening to Cool World on BFF.FM. Close 
Kelsey Styles, and you're listening to Cool World on BFF.FM. Coming up, and only a few more songs actually, Marissa Castro. <laughs> she is a graduate research assistant who will soon be starting this whole process at uh, University of Minnesota in Duluth, studying limnology, which is water conservation really awesome things trying to save our ecosystems because god knows we're killing them all um (laughs) yeah so i'm gonna have her on and a few to talk about uh being a woman of color and the stem field uh growing up in the judicial child care system and also just talking about film scores and whatever else we feel like chatting about so (laughs) you're listening to cool world on bff.fm
Kelsey Styles, and you're listening to Cool World on BFF.fm, coming to you live from San Francisco, California. And with me today in the studio, I have Marissa Castro. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? You're, you're a little. You're a little nervous. Everybody's nervous. It's fine. Always. <laughs> Always. Um, yeah. Well, let's get this started. Um, I had the lucky opportunity of meeting Marissa by her just like being my roommate. <laughs> it's been a great four months, I gotta say. We are a Craigslist connection. Um, Craigslist and forever in my heart, so. Forever. Um, yeah, so Marissa, you are leaving in like what? Uh, two days yeah maybe like 36 hours ish <laughs> shit yeah you're gonna go do the grad school thing which is so awesome i'm really honestly it's such an honor it's kind of humbling and uh really neat it's super cool so. yeah I, I remember when you moved in and you were super unsure about whether or not this was like a thing that you were gonna do and you were freaking out about it and like what it would mean for your future and you were just starting to kind of like settle in back to the Bay Area and now you're doing yeah. a dog. Just like certain crazy sequence of events that I didn't really see but everything kind of came together in this beautiful fashion and um you know i wish my time here could have been a little bit longer of course but uh great things come in my way so it's okay she <laughs> she had a really crazy summer <laughs> a uh, lot happened a lot <laughs> happened in the duration it's fine <laughs> um yeah so you are going to the university of minnesota in duluth yes what are you studying um so i will be getting my master's in limnology 
it's kind of housed under the Department of Water Resource Science. Um, so the university, it's an interdisciplinary program. Um, it's ran through a few campuses in Minnesota, but you know, land of 10,000 lakes. So they really have their shit together. And oh yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, it's really great. They're home of the Large Lakes Observatory. Um, and there's a lot of really great opportunity for people who are interested in freshwater ecosystems. Oh yeah. Um, also, you're very humble, but you didn't mention it. She got a full ride <laughs> fellowship. <laughs> yeah, I actually got a. It's called the Diversity Fellowship, so it's um, awarded to, um, you know, students who um, are diverse. I suppose, and it's uh, through the Marissa natural. Castro. How are you diverse? <laughs> um. In what way? I mean, so you're you're a person of color, I guess. Let's yeah. let's talk about that. So, um, you know, I never met my biological father, but um, as much as I know, you know, he is from Mexico, mm-hmm. and my mom's side is kind of all over the place. There's um, some Irish, apparently a little bit of Native American, to be determined. But um, yes, I have pretty great tan going on yeah definitely not white passing at all (laughs) no not in the slightest i had a great unibrow growing up so you know unibrows are like coming back in high fashion like you could rock it if you wanted to yeah (laughs) you're like i'm not sure about that (laughs) it was a rough childhood (laughs) me and the uni had it pretty hard so for sure for sure um so limnology is a really specific field of study like i'm pretty sure even at my university like no one was studying that or Mm -hmm. if they were it was very small percentage of the campus population so what made you go oh hey limnology i should do this um well you know i've always loved rivers i grew up close to one in humboldt county but um i took a course at san francisco state and you know i went to the university thinking I was gonna get a degree somewhere in the like medical field because um, mm-hmm. I was housed under the Department of Biology, but everything was super packed. So I took this random course that fit my schedule, and it was called limnology. Mm-hmm. It was like ten people in the class. First exam runs around, and you know I've done pretty typically well in school, but I got an F on my first Whoa, exam. Whoa, you <laughs> have not informed me about <laughs> <I know>. that. <laughs> and. Um, it kind of opened my eyes in a way that limnology, I guess there's two aspects. One is that it kind of, it's interdisciplinary. So, you know, there's physics that are involved, biology, ecology, chemistry. You have to kind of have a wide spectrum of understanding of how all of these kind of come together. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that really touched me was, you know, this resource is so special and to say that is even an understatement you know we need it to survive it's in an ecosystem itself and it's what makes this planet so special and essentially without it you know we would cease to cease to exist so um you know with everything going on in terms of climate change and you know overpopulation it's only going to be something that we need to further preserve and so it's something that kind of spoke to me in that um it's higher than myself and you know to devote your work to something that's the greater good i think it's just it's amazing and it's so fun to be in the water and you know it's 
greatest. I have other dream job, so. Damn, I went to school for information technology and communications, and at first I was like, I'm gonna like do this so I can work in social media. So yeah, that's that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. So, what drove you to you know as like. I hate to say this, but like as a woman, you know, like growing up, we aren't uh, really pushed to go into the science fields. Um, it's more so like, oh yeah, you're gonna study like literature or art or like maybe become a nurse. Like what, when you were, you know, in like the primary education mm-hmm. system, how'd you find a drive for math and science and all that stuff? You know, I think I can pinpoint it honestly to one person. Um, so growing up, I went to honestly like 13 different elementary schools. Mm -hmm. My family or my parents were in this nasty divorce battle and ended up going to this elementary school in East San Jose and it was was a pretty like rough school and, um, you know, I didn't speak Spanish growing up. Um, I got teased a lot for it because, you know, I'm Mexican and I don't speak Spanish. Just, you know, I wasn't raised with my Hispanic family. You know, my, my biological dad passed away when I was young, so... Anyways, I went to the school and I was a little bit of an outcast because, you know, everyone was speaking Spanish and, you know, I just, it was just this thing. I was a new student. But anyways, um, one summer I went to the science camp and, you know, I was doing well in math and, you know, I really loved it. And one, my fifth grade elementary school teacher came to our house in the summertime, mm-hmm. knocked on my front door and was like, you know, Marissa got my class and um i'm so thrilled to have her um i just see this this spark in her and i just want you to know as you know i see you as her mother and i just want you to know like i'm so excited to you know help her grow and it was cool he had all these tarantulas in his class and he used to bring his dog and i remember being so crushed because my mom was like well we're not living here anymore we're moving and you know i cried for like a week Oh, man. Um, but, you know, he was a very special teacher. And so um, to see someone in academia care so strongly for their student at such a young age was it, that really kind of made me feel something. So, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I remember um, I, I really enjoyed like a couple of math classes. And then I got this like one teacher in high school who just like ruined it all for me. Like she would legitimately kind of like bully me because I was a different looking kind of like weird kid and you know anytime uh, in the mornings when we were like reviewing our homework uh, I would ask for you know some help with like some of the questions when we were reviewing it like oh I missed this like how do you do it and she'd be like Kelsey like can't believe you don't know how to do this and it's just like what the fuck that's not how you should act as a teacher um so that kind of like deterred me from going to maybe like computer science or something and i see that a lot unfortunately with um you know certain students are like i hate this subject you know because of one teacher whereas like i've had like we had to take this i took a math class in college and it's called biometry okay what the fuck is (laughs) that biometry it's uh it's basically statistics for ecology majors so like when you collect data all this data how do you present it and how do you come with a conclusion and it's a very on the surface a boring class but i had the most amazing professor and unfortunately you know he passed away two years ago um but he was a huge advocate in the marine biology community and he was just phenomenally 
kind and hilarious and i think that you know if you have the right person in any field they can really shine a light on the good of any subject so you know i always think that when i hear someone i hate math i had a bad math teacher and it's like well you know certain things can be really cool and you just kind of got to find someone who finds that interest and can relate it to you so yeah i i always found that with uh like my history teachers um i thought about like when I was going to school, it was like, okay, it's either going to be, you know, film school or anthropology. And I applied for like film school, didn't get in. I was like, okay, I guess it's going to be IT because <laughs> I'm good at computers. Um, but yeah, uh, having like, I think it's important for people that are, you know, wanting to become educators to realize, you know, like you really do have a huge impact and oh, it's and like the foundation of like what people are learning. It's such a big impact. And I've been lucky enough where my advisor going into it. So I'm, I interned with him two years ago and that's how I met him. And honestly, the whole reason that I'm going to grad school is, you know, it's, it's been his, he's the one who nominated me for the fellowship and he's mm. really been advocating. He was on sabbatical when i went up there and it was just such a crazy turn of events and when you get a good educator who really just is devoted it's so special and so hopefully i can return that part of, actually one of the stipulations of my fellowship is i get to mentor um diverse women in their undergraduates so hopefully i can oh what? turn some people over to limnology <laughs> Which uh, brings me to my next question. Uh, how do you think like we can get future generations of people of color and more women to get involved in the STEM field? Um, I think the biggest thing is um, accessibility mm -hmm. and um, public awareness. You know, even myself growing up, you don't really, you're not aware of what fields you can go into. Um, what monetary um help there is out there so you know a lot yeah. of you know when i was going into it you know i don't i don't have the money for this or like i didn't even know limnology was a, a field of study and i think if we start at a young age you know showing these communities um you know one that there is help out there and two there are people who care enough to help you push through um that's the biggest thing and that's always been my number one thing is you know public awareness um and you know if we can get people who are lucky enough and push hard enough to reach to that top level that they come back into their communities and and show the youth you know what what they can do with themselves so do you see yourself as someone that's going to do that in the future oh absolutely yeah um awesome. you know even if i enter into like you know consulting or I work for government branch or you know if I go into academia um, I would definitely love to work with people especially like you know young women particularly but um, yeah absolutely no matter what I do I'm definitely going to return back to it so Awesome. <laughs> and uh, for those of you just now tuning in you're listening to Cool World on BFF.FM I'm Kelsey Stiles, and with me in the studio is Marissa Castro, who is about to leave um, San Francisco for who knows how long <laughs> uh, to be, be yeah <laughs> to be a, a graduate research assistant at the University of Minnesota in Duluth, uh, studying limnology. 
basically trying to save our rivers and water ecosystems and all that stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, we're talking about being like a person of color and STEM right now. Um, and, you know, like Marissa and I have been roommates for a while. And one thing that she always voices is, you know, besides leaving kind of like the food scene of San Francisco, um, you're a little bit trepidatious about going to Minnesota and kind of being a, a huge minority again. Yeah, I mean, and Minnesota's kind of a neat spot, especially in the cities. Um, people are a lot more um, receptive to um, people of color, music, culture. You know, they have a great like a school system. Mm -hmm. Unemployment's really low. So as a whole, Minnesota is fantastic, but you know, it's a it can be a bit of a culture shock going from one of the biggest like melting pots of diversity to somewhere in northern Minnesota where, um, yeah. you know, I've had weird racial slurs like yelled at me and um, as a lot of assumptions made, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I do think hopefully it'll be a little different now that I'm in a university setting. You know, there's a lot of cool people who get to attend, but... Um, you know, it's it's unfortunately something that you come across, but uh, I try not to let it divert me too much. You know, I'm there for a reason. So yeah, yeah, and hopefully, I know, like when it's been like a, a little while since you were in Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've always seemed to uh, make my way there every few months, but um, since I've lived there, it's been about it'll be like two years. Old. I think it just passed my two-year anniversary since I've like physically lived there. So. Well, hopefully some of those people have changed their ways a little bit. And I don't know. Hopefully. Trump Trump is our president, though. So <laughs> yeah. Fuck knows? We'll see. Um, yeah. So speaking kind of of about, you know, challenges that you faced in your life, mm -hmm. um, I wanted to talk to you about, you know, growing up in the judicial uh, child care system and how that's impacted you and, you know, what that was like, because... I haven't experienced that. I'm sure yeah. many people um, haven't. You know, I had like a non-traditional childhood mm -hmm. in that, you know, my biological father didn't really want to be around. He didn't want anything to do with me, actually. And unfortunately, he passed away when I was about 12 and I never got to meet him. Um, and the father who did raise me ended up having like this 10, 12 year custody battle with my mom. And, you know, unfortunately with that, there was a lot that went into it and, you know, several elementary schools and there was a few mishaps where, um, you know, I actually ended up in like uh, child sh children shelters for like mm -hmm. weeks at a time. And it was terrifying because, you know, you're taken away from your family at such a young age and you're essentially put in this room. And, you know, I remember walking in one time and seeing all of these other children there and they had like their whole life was there like you know that's where they lived and they had posters on the walls and I kind of just went in with the clothes on my back and you know eventually the courts deemed my father to have uh, custody but there was a few times where you know we ended up in the in the children's shelter or, or we were homeless I remember living in my mom's RV for a little while when we were a kid and mm -hmm. um, even now you know I'm back in the judicial system yet again and it's um you know it's it's tough as a kid to go through that thankfully i had my little brother we were really close in age and 
we were there for one another but um i think ultimately it kind of just like opened my eyes that you know everyone kind of has like trouble and turmoil and it's kind of how you resurface from it and i try to just make it i like dove into school yeah you know instead of like maybe doing other stuff i pushed myself to do academics and um you know not everyone does that but it's kind of what i did yeah and um i want to ask a little bit more about your experience in the children's shelters Mm -hmm. um just like you know i know you were like very young but arriving there as a child did you find any sense of like community with the other kids yeah that were there yeah absolutely um you know I mean, obviously, they were a lot more tight-knit with among themselves because I think that was more of, unfortunately, a permanent situation. A lot Mm -hmm. of them have been in there for a while. Um, But, you know, you do find a sense of community. I remember finding almost like an older sister who kind of helped because, you know, the boys and girls were separated. So I didn't have my brother all the time. And, you know, she kind of showed me the ropes and was like, you know, these are where spare clothes are. You can find some shoes here for yourself. Um and you know you came up with me to my mom's last week i had this quilt that i made when i was like had to be like eight years old at the time and i Mm -hmm. remember she helped me make that quilt and i still have it to this day but you know i think they want to be clicky in some ways but um ultimately i think especially the older crowd kind of gets that what situation you're in and how scary it can be so there was a wide range of people and it was nice to see them all helping one another yeah, because I'm sure, you know, if you're a, a child in that situation, you want to create some sort of stability and foundation. So you do that, you know, in the shelter. Yeah. And I do even now, like as an adult, um, you still find people who grew up in that community and you kind of you bond almost instantaneously because you kind of kind of get it. So it's like yeah. unspoken, like I get it. So I'm here for you. Also, by the way, uh, yeah, you mentioned I did get to see the quilts. Uh, it was really cute and beautiful and it was just like covered in like an assortment of like different fabric patches that you picked. And I could definitely see how they were, you know, uh, evocative of young, young baby Marissa. Yeah, there's tons of like flowers and rainbows and puppies. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's still, it's older Marissa too, but you know <laughs> you know a little, a little bit of this a little bit of that. A little, I'm a little classier now um, I like to think. yeah so let's move away from uh, <laughs> a little little tougher topics yeah, yeah. um so one thing that uh you have is like a hobby i'm rambling here um <laughs> but one thing that you have is like a hobby that i like find really unique is that you're super into film scores yeah i mean F and like film fan. soundtracks <laughs> yeah. yeah um <laughs> it was kind of like a little concerning at first because remember you like just moved in and you had like nothing in your room and you're just playing like these really sad like soundtracks <laughs> just like blasting it and i was like is this person okay um, i just um but they're just like really like beautiful like intense pieces yeah i mean it's just it's there's so many things of why I love it. I mean, I guess the biggest thing is one, you know, I was in orchestra for a while, a very long time. And I played stand up bass, okay. you know, yeah. I was like the only cool French horn yeah. over here. 
what's up porn girl um <laughs> we were orc sure. dorks you're a band nerd i get it yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but yeah so you know playing in um a classical music setting definitely mm-hmm. but the other thing was um you know my dad he raised me on just music and film and it was just so just indicative of how i grew up and um i think that film scores you know you have like a a regular song you know two to five minutes and but a film score just kind of takes you through just this entire emotional like journey and it accompanies this beautiful hopefully beautiful cinematography and um it almost can do things that conventional music sometimes can't um you know it's a lot of unspoken and it's so fun and you can do anything with it and um and it it can go to anything and um yeah i just love it with all my heart especially i've been driving back and forth across the country the last few years oh my god yeah (laughs) she was playing um (laughs) a soundtrack i think it's the interstellar that's like i think that's her favorite am i I wrong interstellar for sure um nicholas brittle plays one for moonlight that really Bucks you yeah up. i cry you catch me crying and then um also there's one from uh badlands like um martin sheen plays like this badass guy who like kills this girl's dad and they run away and they're like driving across badlands together and it's a very famous score oh, yeah. um i think carl orff composed it and um it's it's beautiful it's even been on like the simpsons and everything but um <laughs> casual drop just casual. of course i'm the only one who's like you guys this is the badland song and everyone's like okay nerd like chill <laughs> oh my god yeah um god i like apologize to anyone that i've hooked up with and you've experienced this because it's kind of like my go-to move um but i grew up watching this film called casino royale okay um it's not like the Daniel Craig James Bond film that recently came out. Um, it's one from like the seventies. Those kind of like Austin Powers before Austin Powers was a thing. And um, I think Burt Bacharach is the composer. Um, he also did like Pink Panther and stuff. Um, but it's just like a super like fun type of album that takes you like all over the place and. Is really just kind of like sensual. Oh yeah, and I'm waiting. I'm sure, you've till, heard me blast it. Well, yeah. Uh, cue the music. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's going down. Um, yeah, I'm waiting till uh, you know I find someone who's down with the film scores. Like, throw it on as a mood thing. Dude, everyone that sorry, we talk about sex a lot <laughs> on the show. It's just a thing. It's um, fine. Yeah, no. Like everyone like always appreciates that in the bedroom. They're just like, whoa. Well, I think that's it's, like a whole new level. Yeah, it's easier to sometimes. I think with like lyrics people get too into the lyrics especially when you're like in a moment but when you have like this just like almost like a noise you know you get to go on that sexual journey even maybe and um there's so many different fun ones and um, i also think like as a society that has for you know a majority like grown up on like cinema and television um like kind of hearing those sounds that are more so incorporated with those films uh always makes everything like more cinematic yeah i love it yeah. like 
which is kind of weird that we can like do that now like internally in our minds like i remember when we were um when marissa and i were driving back from our mom's house we were kind of going on this like you know winding like drive down the road seeing like a bunch of nature and you were playing the interstellar soundtrack and it was just like it's magical it's yeah. so magical and um i'm really excited for the drive to minnesota because we're you know we're going to be going through Yellowstone and the Dakotas and, you know, like, it just makes the drive so fun and, like, feels like you're in a movie. You know, when you walk, like, you hit, put your head against the window, you think you're in, like, a music video. <laughs> Face pressed yeah. against the glass of the car. <laughs> just, just a single tear shedding. Yeah, that kind <laughs> of uh, setup. So, yeah, I mean any film score really i just would love it and also like not just film scores but like film soundtracks like see i don't fuck with those as much because it's just like i know i'd rather just like listen to like the actual album well, that, that like the know, song is from I don't, my dream job you know if i if i wasn't a super cool she wasn't a super hot gonna be doctor scientist babe. <laughs> yeah. yeah then i would totally make um soundtracks for movies because like i just yeah. love like pairing like a visual to like a like a memory i have of this song or like how to, you know me and my dad used to play this game where like we'd see someone walking down the road and my dad would be like i have a perfect song for this guy and he'd put it on and like you know so i grew up like that and so like that would be totally dream job and um you know maybe maybe someday <laughs> fuck Know. Yeah, um, I don't know if I've told you this, but um, you know, when I was like growing up and wanting to become a film editor, uh, my brother is also super crazily into film as well, um, and even more so music. And we always kind of made this pact that, okay, one day we're gonna start making movies together, and uh, you know, you'll edit them, and you know, together we'll like write the screenplay, and then I'll always do like the soundtracks. And- <laughs> I know. So maybe one day. The one day. whole familial film thing is really strong right now with like the Duplass brothers and such. So we'll see. All in the feels. All in the feels. But um, <laughs> damn. Okay. Well, we're starting to get a little low on time. So, you know, before we jump into uh, the little track list that you curated of minnesota musicians yeah so um you know some of them are some good friends of mine some do you want to do any shout outs you can uh, do shout outs oh shout outs uh yeah i guess i can do some shout outs <laughs> okay so um one of them pull boy is one of my dear friends band in minnesota they play in minneapolis you know city pages kind of nominated them for like hottest new band and they're dropping their um New album on my birthday next friday check them out mm. pool boy super cool and the other is his uh roommate um they are grand couriers um you know he actually just came out and stayed with us like a few weeks ago yeah super Mr. nice brady guy super fun we had a blast um he's also a local musician and um the, some of the stuff they're just putting out is super great um and then you know, a few other, I think uh, Wilco's on there. They're not from Minnesota, but they're just so indicative of my experiences there that, you know, I kind of had to sneak it in. And and yeah, the rest are just some Minnesota bands that uh, mean a lot to me since I'm going to Minnesota, so. Minnesota. Minnesota. Um, okay, dope. Well, 
before you know we say goodbye to you um marissa by the way if you're just now tuning in uh you're listening to cool world on bff.fm i'm kelsey styles and with me is marissa castro and before we wrap up our interview uh marissa and i heavily bond over the fact that we both grew up as part of the like scene and emo generation (laughs) of like the mid-2000s yeah baby hell yeah we did and marissa actually just went to the final warped tour yeah i did i cried i got super sunburned it was everything a girl could ask for yeah so i'm gonna do a little segment where i'm just gonna like throw some you know words things at you uh, relating to all that culture okay you react okay here we go let's do it um Hot Topic or Zoomies? Hot Topic, 100%. Did you have the Hot Topic, like, stamp card? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I was a frequenter. I usually, I would, like, deck out in those, why I need a sweatband when I'm, like, 15? Who knows? Um, Yeah. Hot Topic. Hot Topic. Um, What about the phrase RAR? Yeah, I didn't really get into that because I was more of, like, into, like, the rockness and i thought those kids were super like <laughs> the rockness the of r- pop punk <laughs> yeah i know it sounds silly but like the raw i'm like man i can take these kids out like okay. go eat some bread or something <laughs> all right so i'm gonna name some bands here and you just give me a hell yeah or hell no all right ready okay my chemical romance hell yeah fallout boy early fallout boy yes later all right <laughs> pierce the veil uh never got into him so i'm gonna go nah black veil brides mm, borderline okay yeah right. yay nay um do you ever still catch yourself doing the perfect myspace angle aka the like really high shot <laughs> you know no i kind of have like a, a pointy nose so i feel like it goes too you deep do not okay <laughs> just for anyone who is listening this person does not have a pointy nose but okay keep going i just like don't like that angle it just doesn't flatter i never i've been doing it like a little bit lately i like, mean i don't know why some people it just does them justice i'm more of like a side <laughs> chin down <laughs> okay okay um did you ever do the coon eyeliner or coon tail I never did the coon tail or eyeliner. I don't like eyeliner and I don't like raccoon tails, but I did dye my hair a lot. I had like every color in the book. Fuck. Like blue, teal. I even had polka dots at one time. I had like, yeah, I had like uh, burgundy and I used to like dye my hair the color. If we had like a spirit week and we were a certain color, I would dye my hair. Cause like, even though I was like a cool pop punk kid, I was still like, chill with like the same um, like the jocks so i'd go to all the spirit days and like just dye my hair dying on the inside but still has school spirit yeah. <laughs> um all right and let's see last one converse or vans you know i think i'm a converse girl i'm a little flat-footed vans are tight don't get me wrong but converse for life I mean, but but you have been wearing your Vans a lot lately, so I'm a little surprised to hear you say that. Yeah, I think Converse are really classic. The Vans look so cute, though, on me, and, like, I just, I think I'm self-conscious. I got a whopping, like, my foot's, like, size 10. I just feel like the Vans kind of make it seem like a little... Also, a size 10 for any foot fetishists out there. Yeah, hit me up for a foot fetish. I hear good things about mine, so, um, 
Yeah, maybe you can buy me some new vans and we can work out a deal. Um, well, dope. Thank you, Marissa, for coming on, especially before you're about to literally leave town. Oh, it's always a um, pleasure. Super sad about it. <laughs> Don't worry. We're going to cry profusely after this. And we're going to car seat headrest tomorrow. We're going to cry super hardcore there. So it'll be great. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's great. Um, for those of you just now tuning in, uh, you're listening to Cool World on BFF.fm. And in case you missed my lovely interview with Marissa Castro after this episode's done airing, anytime you can listen to any episode on BFF.fm for free. And um, coming up next are some really awesome Minnesota-based musicians. And we're going to start this off with some prints. Thanks for listening.
worst way I'd never forget That it's your birthday And all this time When I've been waiting for it to pass I draw the lines Where I laid you down in the grass Tempted 